With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and today we are going to be keeping it real. Last week on Mama's Pearls, our show was entitled Starlight, Star Bright, and we were so happy to welcome Miss Kathy Pagano, who is a dream interpreter, archetypal astrologer and wisdom coach and she was just amazing I've gotten a lot of positive feedback to her about her and about the show and wanting to know more again Kathy can be found at www.wisdomofastrology.com and that's wisdom-of-astrology.com thank you again to Kathy and Kathy will be a recurring guest. I know it's, it's pretty much impossible to fit everything that Kathy has to say into one program because she is just a wealth of information and insight, and I could literally speak to her for hours on end. So she will be a recurring guest. And the second we hung up the hung up and um, hung up the phone and got off the show, I was already talking to her planning our next um, our next show with her, which one thing she was saying was how the planet Mercury is such a huge influencer over our individual um, predisposition towards learning and education. So I'm excited to dive into that a little bit further down the line when we talk a little bit more about education, and we're going to cover all sorts of broad topics here on Mama's Pearls. Today, I'm extremely happy to introduce you all to my longtime best friend. She's somebody I've literally known for ele- since we were 11 years old, so we're going into decades. And it's really a beautiful thing to have a friend that you can share decades with because you just learn so much about each other. And she has helped me pretty much through every single major life phase um, this week's this week's blog is in part dedicated to her and to my close-knit group of friends who I've, who I've gone through so much with, and it is entitled Real Time, and it's based upon a um, the pearl of the day for, for this week is based upon a um, mystical poet and English clergyman, George Huber, who had a quote that said, the best mirror is an old friend, and I truly believe this because the best way to, to fully see into yourself and understand and deepen your your um, own understanding of who you are and what you want from this life comes from really having people around you who are going to be honest and hold up a mirror to you. I trust Melissa beyond pale, and she is not afraid to smack me upside the head when I'm off tangent, and she always helps keep it real. So I figured it was a nice... A nice, um, a nice complimentary side to last week where we really took everything and went out to the stars um, to bring it back home. And nobody says home to me and my friends as much as Melissa. So I would like to welcome Melissa to the show. 
Hello. Hi, Hi darling. Hi. And thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to be part of this. This is definitely one of your dreams come true. Yeah. Well, last week we were talking about our dreams, and on Facebook I was asking people what their childhood dreams were. And I got such funny response, such funny responses. One of my friends actually said that she wanted to be a pig farmer. Not that that's funny. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not like the usual um, response that you would get from a girl growing up in Long Island. And um, when I was thinking about that, like, you've known me probably longer than almost anyone, and I would say in our relationship, we've always shared our dreams, and you've always given me a plan to my dream. (laughs) So did you have a childhood dream in, like, the 11 years before I actually knew you? (laughs) You know, (laughs) I wish, um, you know, I definitely have... I wish I had some of the dreams because maybe I would have had a better uh, plan. But, you know, what's funny about our relationship or what's true about our relationship is you're, you know, you're good with the dreams. I'm more of a planner. So I think <laughs> I had um, ideas. I don't know if they were dreams, but um, I try to dream a little bit more now as an adult. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I definitely that's definitely the spiritual side that lacks in me, and that's where – it's a good balance for, you know, how our relationship works so well. Right, because, um, you know, I'm lacking in the practical application side. <laughs> yeah, even the whole childhood thing, you know, um, you know, I even just the whole, even the labor thing. I remember when you were pregnant, um, I remember you talking about, you know, you're going to have the doula and you brought your rocks and the essence oils. And I was like, I want painkillers. I want them there early. So... <laughs> I had plans for pain. You had just a wonderful, you know, um, spiritual thought process around it. So. Yeah, but, um, but, you know, with me, that got completely thrown out the window when um, 12 hours after labor I had to go into a C-section. So my my gorgeous plan of doing most of my labor at home and having my doula and having my incense. and Well, actually, I wasn't allowed to bring incense to the hospital, but they did allow me to um, do aromatherapy which was great. I had this wonderful mood there. My my husband was there. My sister was there. My doula was there. They were all holding my hands through it. And then it was like, well, that's nice. We got to do what we got to do. Well, I remember chuckling because I'm allowed to do that as your best friend, thinking because I knew you so well when you called me and you were going to the hospital right after that doctor visit and that you were going way earlier than your expected due date um, and you were going right away. I was like, oh, this is not good. Cynthia, Cynthia is not, you know, let's rush and go to the hospital. Cynthia's like, let's take our time, get my stuff together. And I just remember chuckling, thinking, oh, my God, this is this is her first introduction to. To children. Life to children and, yeah, go with the flow, take it easy. It's, it just changes everything, which is, well, I, remember, just, I, I was entitled to laugh. Yeah, well, well, of course you can. We're we're unconditional here. But I remember, you know, you went first. You had a, you had children, twins, by the way. Um, for those of our listeners out here, Melissa is a mother of three. Or I should say, a working mother of three. She has twins, and and a younger one. And um, her having twins kind of was the first real introduction to me about how to handle children. You had them about a, I think they're a year before I had my son 
and you were just so calm with them. Like I, I, I still don't know how you do it because so many people, other people that I know that have twins, like their heads are spinning, their house is a wreck, and you've always been, you know, as long as I've known you, you've been the one to get to the nitty-gritty, put one feet, foot in front of the other, and you just always did what you had to do and were completely independent. And you just figured it out. You're like, I'm having twins, and this is what I need to do. And you just did it. And I think um, as far as parenting tips go, you know, I'm constantly learning from you as a mother. I think you're an amazing mother. And your kids, it just shows in them. They're so respectful. They know the deal. They know they're going to be listened to. They know they're going to be loved. They're so happy. And you've got such a good program going on with your kids. You're definitely doing something right that I think so many moms can learn from you. And I know that I'm constantly sharing tips and observations that I learned from you with my friends. I mean, how do you figure even out, like, the scheduling with feeding them and did you ever sleep when they were babies? I mean, how do you do it? Well, my goal was sleep, and so the attitude was we need to figure out a plan to get these children to be uh, understand sleep is, is sacred, and I think that's something you and I have always agreed about. <laughs> um, and I think that goes back to the planning process. You know, I found when I was pregnant, instead of being more that nurturing, nesting person and, and looking to knit or buy clothing and fabrics and do a nursery, I was reading, I was researching, I was cracking the books and saying, all right, let's see what works and what doesn't work and what the experts have said. And so um, when things did click and make sense, I applied it, and it, uh, surely enough, it worked. And it worked on both rounds, with a single and with double children. Well, one of the things um, I remember you specifically saying was, you know, again, sleep is sacred. If one thing um, that I'm compatible with my husband and with my friends, it's like, or two things, sleep and food. <laughs> I was just going to say, don't forget about food. <laughs> Those two things have to be of prime importance. But I remember you saying to me early on, um, and a lot of moms would take this as being strict and almost overly strict, but I thought it was great, where you were like, when it comes to bedtime, you turn off the lights, you put them down. If you fed them, clean them, change them, and they're dry, that's it. You're done. They're on their own. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still following that. I mean, <clears throat> even as kids going to school at this point, they, they get it when, you know, I say the words, it's time for bed, you know. Even the little one marches upstairs and has her routine. I thought I think routines also helpful um and it's funny not much changes i think as an adult and that overstimulation i you know i used to watch people in my building you know move their kid from activity to activity and there was never like this downtime or just that overstimulation factor and i know when i have go to meetings for work and it's not my normal routine and they roll me from one meeting to another meeting and i literally go from 6 a.m to 6 p.m and then have to go to a work dinner I come back to my room, I'm fried and I'm miserable. So um, that overstimulation factor has always been very important to me, and I believe in the downtime also. Mm -hmm. so let, let your kids just do nothing for a little while because it's important as adults and it's just as important as children. Um, and that was one of the things that was important to me instead of over, overloading their days and so forth. So that's definitely a tip that we're, they're not much different than we are. Hmm. They're just smaller. 
They're just smaller. <laughs> They're just smaller, and they need help, like, opening their food. <laughs> no, they need... Yeah, but, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, and they need food. Let's not forget to feed them once in a blue moon. So when I always think about you, I, I mean, I always think back to, to when we met. We met at camp when we were 11 years old, and... Just right early on, like, you were just not in the fold of things. Like, you were always your own individual. You weren't a click, clicky type girls. And you were always so honest. Now, I know we've come a long way in our relationship as far as just what we've done and achieved individually and to what we have now. How do you see yourself, like, when you look back, and how have you changed? And how do you see, like, meeting your kids kind of in the middle to keep them, you know, true to their core of who they were? Because that is such a core um, quality I see in you, just being an individual and strong and um, and, sure, and self-assured. You know, what, well, what are you doing with your kids to make sure that they have their own qualities like that, their own core and preserve that? Well, you and I have talked about this. I'm a huge firm believer in independence and um, not coddling. And I hug and kiss them all the time, but I definitely, when it comes to certain things, feel it's important that they explore their independence. So I know some people like, you know, I kind of like to use the term um, cage-free. Cage-free? Cage-free, yeah. Fresh farm children? (laughs) Yes, fresh farm, cage-free, organic children, so to speak. So although they do have rules, and they are enclosed. And antibiotics when needed. (laughs) Antibiotics when needed, uh, right. Um, I do believe that there's a level of allowing them to turn the corner and not freak out and wait to see. You know, they will turn back and trust their instincts as much as, you know, I feel bad when parents don't trust their kids' instincts and, and, and kind of beat them to the punch on resolving their issues. And so a basic example is just walking to the park. And if they run up to the end and, you know, they know they can't go in the street, you have to trust that they're going to stop at the corner and not run into the street, even though it's killing you inside that you want to say, watch out, don't, you know, to, 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 to remind them. But if you keep reminding your kids, that you know, they just, They'll never, they'll need that reminder all the time. It becomes that crutch. So you and I know. My mom was very independent mm-hmm. with me, and I think because she was a single mom for many years, mm-hmm. in the early years, that um, I try to go back to those old school rules of survival of the fittest and just really in, instill independence because that makes a big difference, and I have no regrets about that from my childhood. But I I think it's, I mean, again, you have always pretty much taken care of yourself. You haven't ever expected anybody to do it for you. You've constantly had a plan of action and did what you need to do. You, I think you were always working. I guess I remember, like, even in high school, you, you were working. Um, and, you know, I was playing and trying to shrug off responsibility and <laughs> keeping myself busy with other, with other things. And you were always working, always responsible, always managing budgets. And a lot of moms, myself included, you know, didn't worry about the budget aspects and those things until, until later, until we were almost forced to. So in that sense, you had, um, you had almost more things going for you in, you know, already having that down pat 
Um, so many of my friends, they stress about money on a daily basis. And honestly, whether you, whether you have tons or whether you have little, so much of it is how you manage it and what your importance is. And I think you and I are very similar in terms of putting our children's needs first. Um, and I think you know that from having worked for almost everything that you have, for everything that you've had throughout your life, that you value um, exactly where that dollar is going towards. And it matters where, what you're spending your money on as far as your children, that it's not wasted. And I think moms get kind of skewed where it's always a balance of whether I'm going to do something for myself or my child. Um, and as far as like luxuries goes, you know, I talk to my friends about, okay, would you rather get your hair done, your nails done, a massage, a facial, you know, or waxing? I Me, mean, it depends like what season it is. If it's summertime, I might do waxing, but if it's like during like normal time, um, you know, if I have to pick a luxury item, it might be my, my hair instead of everything. And if you have that choice to make, it's great. I think that every mom needs to make time for themselves too. Um, you and I usually take a, 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 weekly, a weekly trip to, to, to meet up at a coffee shop or uh, Panera or Five Guys, and that's our, like, little getaway time, and I take that as my me time. But so many moms forget to do that. Um, and other times we forget, you know, to take care of our kids in, in, and we focus on ourselves. And I know that you always make practical decisions about what's going to be based, what's going to be best for my kids before I, I worry about myself. Obviously, I'll take care of my own needs, but my kids' needs come first. And I've always completely re respected that about you and our relationships as as one of your your core values. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, I also believe, and one of the things I learned, um, especially an issue I had to deal with with the twins was the, the breastfeeding, you know, um, debate, um, because it just it was it was a very stressful um, operation, so to speak, as far as you know, pulling through, getting a good nutrition to the kids. And because it was stressing me out, I learned that it stresses kids out. And so putting the kids first sometimes means putting yourself first. Because right. if mom's happy, kids are happy, and dad's happy. So um, I think, you know, I think it goes back to you don't want to obviously overindulge and spoil yourself. But if mom needs to be happy, because if mom's not happy, um, it's going to be seen apparently by children. Children are pretty smart. Um, they see everything before most other people see it. So, um, yeah, as much as we put stuff first for the children, I definitely make sure that there are certain priorities that are important to myself. So um, as far as luxury goes, which is your top pick? Luxury, top pick, that's a good one. I think my pedicure is probably my best um, personal importance because that's a time where I, I'm stuck in a chair and I'm pampered. It, it, you have, it feels very pampering to be, have a pedicure and, and you get to read those you get to wonderful magazines. You yeah, get you to just catch sit up down. on the dirt. <laughs> catch up on the important stuff. Yeah, no. I, my pedicure is usually one of my favorite parts of my uh, once, or twice, once or twice a month because I can really have that. That's a me time. I can't, can't bring the kids. I'm not with anyone. How about you? I mean... If I'm going to do some, oh, God, 
Um, besides food, besides going out to eat, but that's <laughs> that's that's my luxury. Um, survival. <laughs> probably a good long massage. Okay. Yeah. You know, but, I would agree. but that I wouldn't do first, though. You know, if I had to do no. a luxury, like that would be it. You know, and, and I'm not in for the the 60 minute massages. Like I want like the close to two hours, even more. <laughs> Don't get me off the table ever. Um, and while I'm there, just like give me a body scrub and throw in a facial. <laughs> you know, a spa day. <laughs> if I had to pick one, we'll do a spa day. Um, but if it's like my regular on the go and I only have a half an hour, I, I, I'd probably go get go get my hair blown out. I mean, for me, that's more of a of a confidence thing than anything, which is a is a little bit vain. Um, it's probably a lot vain, but it's just it, it is amazing. I feel like when you walk out and you get your hair done, that you do your your mood changes. And I think people feel that when they get you know some women feel that. Like, for them, it's when they get a manicure, they feel that way. Um, yeah. You know, or whatever luxury makes them makes them feel better about themselves. And on on this show, I'm definitely going to get into talking more about vanity and women because it's just such a huge area. And I think, especially when you're a mom to young girls and and daughter, well, and daughters, but when you're a mom. A mom who has girls, it's so important to kind of keep that in check. And one of my clients um, is a filmmaker who is a former elite model and produced a documentary film called Cover Girl Culture. And we're working right now to get that into some film festivals. And as that gets closer, I want to have her on and do a whole show about that that topic, um, about vanity and the pressure on young girls to um, to look and to look a certain way, which is basically uh, an airbrush version of themselves is what we're seeing. Um, and I want to have a lot of, we'll do a lot of talking about um, Botox and plastic surgeries and all the, all those really kind of fun topics and see where we, where we lie on it. I know you're a little bit more pro-medical profession and pro-surgery than, than I am as far as you're more comfortable in that world. I'm so, so. petrified of it. <laughs> Well, I definitely would say I'm a proponent of uh, maybe not look good because I think that's the it, that's the issue these days. It's not about looking good; it's about feeling good. And mm -hmm. so sometimes you have to change the way you look to feel good. So there is an overlap there. But um, definitely one thing I've taught myself is you know you want your daughter to feel good, mm -hmm. your daughter to feel good, and so you have to explain the difference between the mini skirts and the hair makeup and all that stuff and so forth because looking good is one thing but if you feel good um that's eating right exercising um putting on a pair of jeans and fitting into the size that you feel good in um it, it's very different and i think that's a big thing we need to define as moms right and especially with our our little girls it is keeping a core it's keeping a, a good sense about who you are and respecting that. Um, and I think that's one reason why you and I always got along was because we're not in, we were never in competition with, with each other. We were always like in compliment with each other. I mean, I think it would have been different if we had like crushes on the same boys, but we never did. <laughs> and it kind of... No, I was thinking about that because I was always good friends with your boyfriends, if not before right. or after. You know, I found that I was generally good friends. They always you know, friends of mine. <laughs> um, funny. 
That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but so many girls find themselves battling and they can't find a friendship out of that because right. they're tackling each other to have what the, you know, to possess what the other one has. And I think a core, a core um, quality of a friendship and to know when you have a really good base is when there isn't that. I mean, there's all four... Um, what's the word, you know, some where like healthy competition um, or people, you know, in, in terms of they say like when you're playing tennis that you want to play with somebody who's better than you because then you strive to be better. Um, but I think in terms of having people who really compliment you and and not saying like, oh, you constantly look gorgeous and I do have friends like that. My, my friend Trisha is such a good um, ego booster in that sense and just reminding you that, that you are a perfect person and that you're good and you're smart and cute and all that kind of stuff. And she definitely pulled me out of a lot of, um, a lot of thickness when I was in law school. So thank you, Trish. But, um, but, you know, when I look at my daughter, it's like, I want her to find, um, to find real friendships with, with girls and boys but where there is this key thing about trust. I mean, my grandmother always swore by her girlfriends, and she was like, there's nothing you need more than a good group of girlfriends. And she was not a quantity versus quality person. She was all about the quality. And her girls, you knew that they kind of like were like these little old ladies on the porch that just talked about everyone and everything. They had all these like secrets and you could see it and they would bust out their tea. Um, and before you even like approached the stairs and, and they lived right around the corner from you so you know exactly where they where they were perched on, on my grandmother's porch outside, um, before you even like hit the bottom of the stairs, they like had you all figured out and you were already discussed. And they were just like the funniest group of people. And I totally picture you and I, you know, growing into these <laughs> very crabby old ladies and being like that. And I want my, my daughter and I want your daughters to to ha- have that as well. It's so important for us to build up solid relationships. Yeah, and I think that there's a lot of, you know, what's nice. Well, and that's that's the... The downfall of a true friendship is it's important to it has to be important to yourself, um, and you choose to you, you pick and choose your friends, you know, and uh, as they always say, you can pick your friends, but don't pick your nose. But um, or don't pick your friends' nose. You can pick your friends, and you can pick your yeah, nose, so you can but pick you can't nose, pick your friends' nose. I would, yeah, I would totally but pick your nose. I would, I would totally <laughs> pick your nose. But the truth is, you have to, you do have to make a conscious decision and. The jobs of moms is to, you know, encourage and teach the importance of friendship and relationships. Um, definitely, I think one thing that is obvious and part of why we do so well and we are so in sync and our friendship has grown and remained constant, look at how we value our moms and our sisters and all the women that are important to us. So I think we're similar in that sense, and um, that makes our friendship easy. Right. Because right. we're equally, um, we, we, it's equally important to us. Right. So I think that's important. Um, I also feel like even when we were 11 years old and then 12 and 15 and 18 and 20s, uh, you and I were never labeled as best friends. I mean, no one ever thought, oh, they're inseparable. Oh, look at those right. two. 
Um, and I think that just shows, and I'm going to use a term that you prefer to use, and you're going to be shocked I'm using it also, but it, we, our relationship is very organic, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and that's what's wonderful about it, is that you, you look back and you don't see where it, you know, we, we started in a fact way at 11 years old, but really it was, an, it was a very organic friendship that evolved, and it's because of the trust and the value. Well, I remember asking you a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I don't remember exactly when we became best friends, you know, but it's a title that you've, you know, I think you've certainly deserve and earned, but it's just like you were always a constant present. Yeah, we would definitely had our independent relationships. I wasn't friends with everybody you were friends with. You weren't friends with everybody I was friends with, but we always kept circling back to each other and checking in with each other. And yeah. there was always a, a comfort there, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't know when it actually evolved to that. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a, a pinpoint day, but I just know that um, you know you're kind of always like my stand-in sister. Um, although let's not crowd Val out because she's possessive of her space, <laughs> and, um, and I think it's it's important because when you also know each other's families so well, I mean, you know, everybody on the show gets to know the, the characters of my life, and, and Melissa's a very big player. Um, you know my parents very well. You've seen them them evolve as parents as well, and um, you know we both learned from from them as well as seeing our relationships with our with our siblings mature over time and you know and now we're watching our kids develop their own relationships with each other which is just probably the coolest part now is you know I find like that's very little effort on on our part I mean the last time that they all hung out it was just they were non-stop action and you know that's five to kids together in a room and they each found like their individual time with each other and kept like shuffling around and they were really busy <laughs> And they're developing, like, their own organic process. I mean, what do we do to help help foster that is, um, you know, I have your pic- the pictures of your kids in my house, and my kids recognize that. And when they're together, we kind of set up, okay, now, we're, now you guys can go play here, and now you guys can go play there, and now it's going to be time to um, that we're going to eat, and now we're going to bake because it always involves, our play dates always involve baked goods of some sort. Um, and then they can play and we can play. Um, and it's, that's been really beautiful for me going into this next stage as we advance further into adulthood to watch our kids have, like, this organic process of getting to know each other and form their basis. And my kids definitely ask for your kids when you guys are not here. And they oh, yeah. they can pick you guys out of pictures. And that, to me, is just is just so cool and such a testament to how far we've come. I mean... I couldn't imagine at 11, like, being like, hey, Melissa and I are going to be chatting about, like, our kids and what to pack for their lunches, which I do want to talk about, too, because it still stresses me out. Um, and, but, you know, and then even in our 20s, like, thinking about that, you know, in our 20s, we were we were just both starting to meet, like, to meet, um, have relationships with men and debating about whether or not we were going to get married and how that was all going to shape out and the dreams of our weddings and being part of each other's weddings. And, you know, and then going into the next decade about children. I mean, it's just so wild and it's so cool to to see the next generation of us. 
Um, by the way, I would like to take some calls if anybody feels like calling in and chatting with Melissa and I. I I'm I think I'm brave enough now to figure out like how to use the switchboard. So the um, call in number is three four seven three two seven nine four five zero. So um so I just want to invite you to join in in our conversations and, and tell us about the friendships that mean that are most valuable to you. Um so yeah, so just watching our kids develop their own relationships is is so so cool. And I'm sure as we go on, um they might have like their dramas, but whatever. We'll get through that, I'm sure, and we still have to figure out what camp to go to. <laughs> and then send them to Well, that's priority. Um Yeah, I mean, I think this, you know, what's nice is that my, do- my daughter looks to you almost like an aunt as far as she understands how important you are in our lives and our family, and you are part of our family. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a great thing to observe, um, especially when you have it, – it all changes your perspective and the way you look at things. So that's been fun. I think our friendship has been fun to view as a parent, if that, makes, if that sounds confusing or not. But Wait, just say that again? No, what I was, I was going to say was – you know, we you and I have always had a, a, a perspective or idea about our, our relationship around friends. You're my best friend. And then what happens is you start to look at it from a different perspective after your mom and your children watch you interact with your best right. friend. Right. And, like, my daughter gets it. She knows exactly that, you know, Aunt Cynthia is mommy's best friend. And we look forward to seeing her and her family all the time. So um, it's great to to see it from a different perspective and, and get my daughter's perspective on our friendship, which is cool. It's really cute. Um, yeah. It's really, really cute. Um, when she was born, I mean, she's such a mini you. Like, <laughs> she is. I, I mean, I recognize her instantly. I mean, um, your son is a mini, mini version of your husband. And... Um, just as equally cool, but there's something about her. It's just I see so much of you in her, and I just totally bond with her. I mean, you saw I was like so possessive of her when she was first born. Um, yeah. I was <laughs> like, she's mine. I'm so my girl, and it's just it's so cool. And I think um, I think they see that. They see that also in each other. Like when they're with my you know with my kids that they see um it's like watching Minnie with my daughter and 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 yours is watching us. And right. parenthetically, I don't think it's um any bit of a coincidence that you and I were born fourteen days apart and our youngest daughters were born twenty days apart. I mean that's just that's just crazy. And that conversation where we had where I walked in, I'm like, by the way, I'm pregnant and you're like, guess what? <laughs> so am I <laughs> I mean that was that was awesome. We went through basically a pregnancy together. Yeah, and we ate we ate twice as much together <laughs> during the pregnancy. <laughs> uh yeah, no, that there's definitely specific times in my life that are vivid vivid memories of of times of us together and um can't take them away. I think I'm going to hold on to them forever. Um things that make me laugh and love that you're my best friend. One of my favorites is we were in your mom's kitchen. This was back in college, I believe. And uh, you're like, let's order pizza. And I said, all right. And I let you call in the order. And all of a sudden I hear you, yeah, we'll take a large pizza and mozzarella sticks and 
garlic. Do you want cheese on the garlic bread, Melissa? And then you ordered garlic. I'm like, is anyone coming over and joining us? You're like, no, it's just for us. <laughs> I love this girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely have a thing for abundance, especially when it comes to food. Well, that's what I say. It's the more, the better, and um, it's a great balance between us, and it always works. And so I appreciate that, and and, and, and treasure it. Okay, so while while we're talking about food, let's yes, get some, <laughs> which we can probably have a whole other show about food, and we're going to have plenty of top shows about food. Now, like I said earlier, packing lunch for my son five days a week definitely stresses me out. I mean, there are a lot of schools where they have, um, they have programs where you can order in you know, where the moms will get together and pay for lunch and they'll deliver it to the class. The school that my son currently in is in doesn't. And you always come out with, like, these out-of-the-woods things that I would just never, ever think of about how to keep it easy and simple to, to pack a lunch for a week. So hit me, darling. Oh, goodness. Now you're putting the pressure on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, once again... <laughs> Uh, that was one of my biggest anxieties when I started this September having to send school lunch for not one but two. Um, and the idea of getting up in the morning and adding that to my long list of things to do in the morning. Um, what I've learned is kids will eat the same thing every day sometimes, so it's okay to kind of redo and not get too crafty. Simple is better. I think I learned that from dinner. The more work and effort I put into a dinner, the less they are to eat it. But if I throw jar sauce and throw in some pre-made meatballs, it's their favorite dinner. So um, <laughs> simple is fine. They're not, you know, they're not gourmets, especially during lunch. Um, I think a little bit, you know, I, I definitely made a list in my cabinet of snacks and and different ideas so that when I my brain hasn't woken up yet, I can just open up and kind of read off my list. Um, and, of course, obviously these schools have allergies. Uh, or allergy limitations, so you have to be careful and find out what you can and cannot send. I sent um, yogurt-covered raisins, thinking, wow, sweet, delicious, and nutritious. But um, Ellie, uh, my daughter, did come back and say, the teacher said only pe- only elephants eat peanuts, and she sent it back in the full package, because on the back it does say it's made with nuts and trees. So uh, I nice. have to read packages. Oh, that's interesting, because I thought that they would... Um, say no to the raisins because the raisins could pose a choking hazard. But it well, was more yeah, I mean, you really have to find out what the schools um, allow and don't allow, um, and that whether it be a choking or an allergy factor. Uh, so we were able to uh, replace peanut butter with soy butter for my son who loves peanut butter and jelly, so now he eats soy butter and jelly, and that has been a wonderful, when in doubt, soy butter and jelly has been a great, um, lunch. Uh, Ellie loves what are those things and jelly. You, those packaged like sandwiches that you had. I think they were peanut butter and jelly, but like they were like the pre-made ones. Yeah, the, you know my my problem with that is they're very overpriced, and so mm-hmm. I don't want to spend too, you know a lot of money on lunches because that's important too. You have to. Also, I try to get more into whole foods as far as instead of the prepackaged stuff that has a lot of preservatives. So um Really? Well Well I try. I'm, I'm not saying I'm very good at it. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> I know. Well 
It's not the organic thing. I'm more into trying to keep the additives out and just have regular whole whole food, so to speak. Um, but I'm trying to think. We have uh, we we always bake in the house, so that's nice. And we always throw in some home baked goods as a snack because I believe every meal should end on a sweet note. Do you have, um, yeah, I can bear witness to that, but do you have, like, standard throw-ins that you do? Standard throw-ins. Like, I have, um, um, like, Baby Bell's cheeses or Palio string cheese or um, I'll do goldfish, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, usually, They love those yogurt drinks, those little, yeah. like, call them the shot glasses. Yep. They love those Daniels, and I like those because I get the ones that are pro- Well, the key also is, like, don't let your kids... Don't buy, like, the, the ones with the door of the Explorer on them because, you know, you're paying more money and the truth is there's more sugar in those. I usually get just the plain generic kind that you get twice as much. And, you know, sometimes they ask for things. I just throw it in the lunch. They get over things quickly, as I always say. But um, we get the proactive ones, which I feel is good for a little digestion. It makes them poop, right? Yeah, I love yogurt that makes food that makes you poop. <laughs> makes you poop. But they love those yogurt shakes, and those are very filling. So that's yogurt like sweet and delicious. Although my, my cousin, my cousin, Dr. Joanna Doldoff, I had this whole conversation with her about the yogurt drinks, and, she, and she's, um, she wrote a book, um, Red Light, Green Light, Eat Right, and she does a whole weight management program for children. And she always says with the yogurt drinks, while they're fine, she would rather kids, um, eat their calories than drink them. So she would actually rather right. give a container of yogurt than the yogurt drink. But the yogurt drinks, that's usually called these like breakfast on the go. You know, because right. I'm not getting up any earlier <laughs> than I absolutely have to and to give him breakfast and sit him down and he's not going to sit down in the morning. He's way too tired. So he usually I'll give him either a bag of Cheerios on the go on the bus or he'll have a yogurt drink. Right. So I think I mean, it's hard, and I think we're not alone in being stressed out about lunch. It's one of my, my <laughs> stresses of the week is figuring that out. I'm getting a little bit better, you know, with with varying his sandwiches and you know doing bagels or giving him leftovers. Like I made pancakes last week, and I made a huge batch, and I sent pancakes in with um with dip. But now I'm going to be the mom. Syrup is my dip is my syrup. But now I'm going to be the mom in the diner who's like asking for extra things of syrup to like stash in my bag. <laughs> so funny. That's so, a great idea. I mean, breakfast great, is right? great any time of the day. Right. And all um, I have to do is heat them up. They have a microwave. And, oh. um, and yeah, so I'm going to be swiping cream cheese and little things of syrup from the diner. So, which leads me probably to my closing, my closing thought, which I, which I'll, I, also, just for my listeners on um, Facebook and Twitter, if you are on the Mama's Pearls fan page or if you're on, um, follow me on Twitter, which is SynTweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T, and parenthetically, Melissa, I still haven't found you on Twitter. But anyway. Um, I lost myself on Twitter. Yeah. It's very hard. <laughs> I, um, I always send out um, different questions like that are about the theme that we're blogging or talking about. And one of the things I, um, I asked everybody was, you know you're getting older when your conversations with your friends turn to what? When you start talking to your friends about what? Some of the responses were, well, I actually start 
um, how I actually start watching Saturday Night Live on Saturday nights. <laughs> when, when everything is about kids. And, you know, the more that I thought was thinking about it, um, you know, obviously regulating your diet and you have enough um, fiber in it is one of them. Um, <laughs> but for me, it's also um, when you start talking about, like, all your ailments and the prescription drugs that you need to combat them. You know, I, I don't remember, I, you know, I remember, like, hearing my parents and my parents' friends, like, talk about, like, you know, this one has a heart problem, that one has a liver problem, this one can't move this and that arthritis. And now, you know, our our conversations have kind of turned into that when we're starting that um, that line. So um, we are almost out of time for today, and I'm going to leave that an open-ended question for discussion either on Facebook and to be continued. I want to extend a very, very happy um, happy and gracious thank you to my best friend Melissa for joining us for this past hour. And I wanted to close out on um, on a quote, which is, each friend represents a world in us, a world possibly not born until they arise. And it is only by this meeting that a new world is born. And, and that's by Anae Nin. And Melissa, you have introduced worlds to me that I probably would have never known or cared to see without you. And it's constantly been a positive, um, a positive aspect of my life to, to have you in it and to be sharing it with you. And I am so grateful for you. I'm grateful for your family. And I just want to impart on anybody listening the importance to have true friendships and to really honor that and respect it, and to let it happen organically. So I just wanted to thank you, Melissa, for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, you'll you'll be back. And um, just look at Joanna soon, so that we yes. can uh, yes. get some more nutritious stuff. We will definitely pick her brains and talk talk more food. I promise. And um, so now Melissa and I are going to go back to our day jobs. <laughs> <laughs> our real-life jobs, and I just, this is Cynthia of Mama's Pearls reminding you to enjoy your children and the time you have. If you would like to email me, I love getting comments and feedback. My email is Cynthia at mamaspearls.com. You can follow me on Twitter, which is Cintweet. My blog can be found at www.mamaspearls.blogspot.com. You can always listen to this, any of the past show, radio shows and segments, and that can be found on the archives at blogtalkradio.com slash Mama's Pearls. And if you want to join the Facebook fan page, it's Mama's Pearls. So thank you again, Melissa, and everyone enjoy your day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.